folks another episode of coffee with coaches again it's me and dave menzano great episode today it was us going over calorie counting um and all things related really are all calories equal is calorie counting necessary to lose weight and all that good stuff and it's one that i've had the most saying really to be honest uh dave's led the way with the other uh, diets that we've covered but we thought calorie counting needed to be put in as a um as a bit of a well it kind of oversees all the other diets in some respects so have a listen enjoy let me know if you've got any questions if there's anything diet related that you want me and dave to go over because we are gonna run out of diets one day so uh yes get in touch share like and all that good stuff guys thanks for listening and enjoy this episode of coffee with coaches Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Coffee with Coaches, episode number, I think this will be about number 22, I'm with Dave Menzano again, and this is our fifth, isn't it, mate? Our fifth oh, one together? I've not really been counting, but uh, something like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Somewhere around there, and we're going over, uh, well, we've been covering diets, right? Um, mm. And today, we're going to get into calorie counting, which is, uh, well, it's a little bit because a diet is, you know, essentially should have your calories calculated if you're gonna, if you're gonna aim to lose weight, right? Like to count, to count calories or to at least calculate calories from the outset is, is kind of essential, but calorie counting has become a a known sort of, uh, um, way of dieting in itself rather than keto or whatever. We all know that diets work because uh, you're in deficit, but this one is specifically calorie counting. And, um, you tell me Dave, but when I think of calorie counting, I'm thinking of basically setting yourself a calorie limit per day. And okay, we as coaches might know that there's macros you need to hit and stuff, but essentially if you're staying in calories, you're calorie counting and uh, you're going to uh, eventually lose weight, right? Yeah, I think so. I mean, a lot <laughs> you of describe studies, it, mate. You describe it your way. You go no, no, but you're right. I mean, a lot of the, the studies that we mentioned in the, in the previous podcast, whether it was keto, whether it was low carb, whether it was paleo, ultimately, it always comes down to a calorie deficit, right? For the for the most part. And mm. this is what I want to to begin with talking a bit um, to begin with, because I think that it is important, however, to mention the importance of the hormones that regulate appetite. Leptin and ghrelin? Yeah, we can talk about those a little bit because we, you know, we discussed, for example, last week we were uh, talking about the paleo diet and paleo diet per se is not really a calorie counting diet because proponents of that diet believe that if you eat adequate amounts of protein and veggies, then you're going to be, you're going to reach satiety intuitively right yeah it's not going to be uh you're not going to be all that hungry whereas you could do i mean they've done studies like the twinkie diet right where they they which they're obviously not going to be nutrient dense no but if you stay within the you know amount of of calories you possibly could lose weight then wasn't it a twinkie every couple of hours for uh, or something like that Really it, it was interesting. It was an interesting diet. And I, and I always tell people about it when, um, when they think you have to do something to lose weight. And I always just say, oh, look, we'll check out the Twinkie diet. So if someone says, well, I have to cut out carbs to lose weight, I'm like, well, you want to check out the Twinkie diet? Or- absolutely. Then obviously, you know, could that lead to deficiencies in the future? You know, yeah. that, of course. But, uh, you know, that's a different argument. But anyway, so let, let's get into this a little bit, uh, Tim. So... Appetite, so the, the hormones that regulate the appetite. Basically, after eating a big meal, the stomach, so normally the, the stomach is the size of a, uh, of a fist, right? Yeah. And when you do eat a meal, it can expand to the size of your head <laughs> or, even, right. or even a lot more. You know, you know, de- depending on how much you eat, the stomach can, ex- can expand 40 times, really, the, the, its original size. So... It's quite quite dramatic, that right? Yeah, we've all experienced that when you sit down and have a big meal, right? Oh, you know, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> and anyway, it was originally believed that there's a stretch reflex really that controls the appetite. So there's a receptor 
that basically uh, signals the brain, you know, to, that 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 you had enough food. And in some extent, that that is true in a way that I always, you know, sometimes as as an advice, I can tell people, well, why don't you start your meal with a with a soup or an apple or you know some vegetables, so some sort of fiber, like now that it's warmer salad. And what you find is that it takes a little bit longer to chew. You know, you have those those receptors that the signal the stomach that is expanding and the brain. So, you know, as a result, you could potentially be eating less. And uh, however, you know, the gut does produce different, uh, different hormones. And uh, one of them is ghrelin, which we're going to talk about a little bit. And uh, so ghrelin is secreted in the stomach. And when your stomach is empty, it sends signals to the brain, so to the hypothalamus in the brain, giving you the urge to eat, okay? So increases hunger. In the other hand, then we have leptin, which is produced in the fat cells, and in contrast to ghrelin, it signals the brain to stop eating, okay? And you see, many ways, uh, Tim, uh, you know this already, but like, like I said, you eat something with fiber, you eat slowly. The problem now, uh, is like especially Western uh, civilization is that people constantly eating on a rush. They're eating at work. They're not really, you know, they're doing emails, they're doing phone calls and eating. So, you, you know, studies do show even if you're watching television, even even if you're not at work, but you're watching television or something that is distracting you, it's a lot easier to overeat. Whereas just to, you know, sit comfortably, chew your food slowly, you know, etc. But anyway, and um the, you see, the, the problem is with these satiety hormones, this is one we're going to talk about the calories in and out a little bit more as well and the types of food, is when you, unfortunately, when you lose weight, um, yeah, when you lose weight, then you tend to have more of an increase in ghrelin, okay? And also, when your calories are reduced, when you lose body fat, that could also result to lower leptin and increased hunger. That is why, you know, you could argue, Tim, that 90% of diets do fail, right? We all heard about that, right? 90, 95% of dieters that ended up regaining all the weight. But the interesting thing with that, uh, Tim, is that it is true that by losing weight, then you, ha you can have all these hunger chemicals. But once, the once you lose weight for 12 months and you keep the weight off for 12 months, then the body gets used to your new body weight. There's a reset. Fact, There's a almost yeah. like a reset factor to it. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah I, I, I've talked about similar things with like a, a set body weight where, you know, if somebody has like a, a default where if you went to like, if I go to exercising at, at Libertum, meaning just doing what I enjoy, not, overdoing it but definitely i'm i like to be active and yeah. if i eat at libertum as well meaning you know pay moderate attention to my diet and um and, and do what i want to do from a food point of view i my body weight sets to around 82 kilos i've had i've had periods in the past where i've pushed my body weight down as low as 76 and um it's obviously not supposed to be there if, and then I go back to relaxing my diet, relaxing my activity levels, and it comes back up. But it wouldn't go back up to 82 unless I really, really relaxed for a long period of time. It seems to find a set point of around 80 then. So what I mean is you can push your weight down. Mm -hmm. And for anyone that's lost vast amounts of weight, you know, I, I mean, I've got a client who would, who's lost so much weight that she wouldn't, I don't think she would be able to regain it. It's not in her, it, she's, uh, her set point is now, much 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 yeah. lower yeah she's changed her set point which is similar to what you're talking about right yeah yeah so the, the problem is with leptin going back to that for for a second is that a bit like we we talked about insulin resistance many times in the in the, in the future in the past episodes when we're talking about eating too many carbohydrates what happens is that the body doesn't respond well to insulin in a way and what that uh and what happens with that is we're not able to deliver glucose into the muscles, but we get stored, uh, get stored mm. as fat. The same thing, that resistance can also occur with leptin. 
because overweight individuals, because we said that leptin is producing a fat mass, mm. but once uh, the more body fat you have, you know, you produce more leptin, and, and that would, you know, should tell you, okay, less less appetite because you, you have more of this hormone. But what happens is with overweight individuals, unfortunately, they start to develop leptin resistance. Right. Okay, so they can easily uh, easily overconsume food. So yeah. the receptors, the receptors turn off. Well, yeah, you, it's like like insulin resistance. So you're basically producing it, but the brain doesn't doesn't, doesn't you know you know it's not it's not receiving a signal. Yeah. And the other hormone is peptide YY. Maybe not as many people as familiar with with this one here. And that is another hormone that suppresses appetite. It's produced in the stomach in the small intestine, and uh, peptide YY increases after eating and it suppresses appetite so delays gastric emptying. So this is why another reason why it's important to eat slowly, give that 30 minutes or so, you know, to chew your food slowly to eat before you, you know, you think about eating something else. Because if you eat slowly, then again, after 30 minutes, you start to secrete these hormones and chances are that you're not going to be as hungry. So yeah. for example, if you you know, finish your meal real fast, and then you might, you know, you might have dessert. more cravings. Yeah, exactly, yeah. right? But then let's say you leave you leave another half hour, and then you think, oh, you know what, actually, I don't, you know, I'm not fancying a biscuit anymore. But soon yeah. after, you know, you could definitely, you know, have the of chocolate course. bar or biscuit or, you yeah. know, cheesecake or whatever. You know? So um, this is something that people do not develop uh, resistance to. So, you know, and what you find that that increases more of this hormone is protein so going back to what we said at the beginning today if yeah, yes of course you can lose calories on on if by just managing your your, your calorie content for the day yeah but yeah. ultimately you're still going to be hungry if you're not eating you know foods that are going to be satiating right exactly okay and you know part of that is, is because of the um of these hormones the other thing I want to, to touch real quick, uh, Tim, is also microbiota, okay? So, so our guts and the microbes that populate our guts because that is something that's, unfortunately, if you have more of certain types of bacteria, and these are called firmicutes bacteria, these tend to harvest more energy from foods. Studies have shown that. So when you have somebody who's uh, overly stressed, might be eating a, a processed food diet, alcohol, all, the, all of these things, they can increase the number of bad bacteria and reduce the number of good bacteria. So let's say the, the two we'll talk about real quick are bacteriodietes and firmicutes. So firmicutes, they help you digest fats, okay? These have evolved in evolution when, when food was scarce, okay? And they, and they helped you during a famine to squeeze more energy from food. And these are the, are, are the bacteria that are linked more with obesity and Western diets. In contrast, leaner individuals tend to have more of the bacteriodetes, okay? And these types of uh, gut bugs, they tend to reduce inflammation and the break and uh, digestible fiber that helps, uh, you know, to, to, you know to, to help the gut wall. But anyway, let's not get too much other topic. But basically, what can also happen, Tim, unfortunately, and this is true, if you, let's say I've got more firmicutes, you've got more bacteriodites, so more of the good, I've got more of the bad. And let's say that we both eat 2,000 calories, I could actually be harvesting, getting more of the of calories out of certain foods than you. Does that make sense? Okay. Yeah, we see what you're saying there. So you're, um, I think the the term that listeners would understand is absorbing the calories. You might yeah. not, not absorb the calories if you've got a lot of the bad calories. Yeah. Oh, sorry, the bad bacteria, yeah. Yeah. and you will um, you will absorb the calories if you've got good. If you've no. got, uh, so if you've got, oh, sorry, bacteria, if you've got the wrong way around. But more of the firmicutes, the bad bacteria, those associated with obesity. So let's say if you eat 100 calories, as an example, you might absorb uh, 80 if you have more firmicutes, but you might only absorb 50 if you have more bacteriodites. Okay, right. Okay, okay cool. So changing the, you know, the profile of your gut bacteria can, can, can help you also 
with weight loss. And what you find in studies, Tim, is when people lose weight, they change the diet into a healthy diet, they tend to develop more of the good bacteria. Yeah. Okay. Of course. But this is something that we can talk about uh, in another episode if you want. Okay. And um, what else? So, yeah, you know, like, like I said, the, the other thing maybe worth mentioning is yo-yo dieting. Okay. So people who, who go on these, you know, different types of diet all the whole time, they lose weight, they gain weight, that can be quite detrimental. Yeah, and something that I'm talking about at the minute um, on my Instagram because I've uh, I've just set myself out. My my diet's been pretty poor over the lockdown, so for like seven weeks now, maybe eight weeks, and I just set myself out to to get back on track. I set myself a three a three week, twenty one day period of um, really cleaning up my diet. And oh, yeah? you know, we talked about clean foods last week, and and also instigating a calorie deficit which is pretty sh- harsh like a harsh da- calorie deficit of um you know if i stick to what i've set out uh, the deficit will be around 750 to maybe even a thousand calories deficit a day which is a dr- pretty drastic deficit um so i've set out 21 days there that i'll achieve and i know that that's unsustainable it's an unsustainable amount of activity it's an unsustainable lowish calorie diet i mean given the activity i'm doing it's not a particularly low calorie i'm on 1800 a day anyway um but you was just about to go into the yo-yo dieting which um i've been talking about a bit because when i put up i put on my instagram that i'll be doing this and a few a bit of the feedback was oh that's a crash diet and you'll gain more weight than you lose well the the fact is that you know if you come out of the diet in the wrong way if you come out of the diet by just stopping the diet, you'll gain back the equivalent weight. If you went back to your old habits, you'll gain back the equivalent weight, maybe even more technically, uh, or maybe. But if you learn from those three weeks, which I mean, it's silly. I've, I've been, I'm, I know the lessons anyway, but I'm just doing this three weeks to make myself feel better quite quickly. This three weeks will be, a sh- uh, and I'll be like, right, okay, so I, I remember. Um, I'll make sure I eat my in, enough protein in a day. That's something that slipped over the last eight weeks. I'll make sure that I get adequate hydration in a day. That's something that slipped over the last three weeks. And I'll make sure I get adequate veg yeah. uh, and fruit and veg. And that will slip because they are all things that have slipped. And it, this three weeks will just be a little reminder. And it won't be a crash diet because when I come out of the diet, I will remember the habits. I'll be, I'll be back on track from a ha- habitual point of view. Go on. Um, Yo-yo dieting, mate. You carry on now. I've said no, that. but you know, you know, on your point for a second, I think that is important because, as you said, if you the, the hard part is losing, you know, in losing weight is keeping it off, right? Because yeah. you could argue that most people can lose weight if they want to, but then it's keeping it off, which is a problem, right? And it can be psychological, you know, difficulties, etc. So, but anyway. I think that, so let's say that you lose uh, a couple of kilos one, or, you know, a few pounds for people uh, in England or America or so. When you get back to your normal, shall we say, eating pattern, then you need to adjust your calories for your current body weight, right? Yeah. So if you, if you start off at, let's say, 83, 84 kilos and you lose those three, four kilos, then when you recount the calories, really, you should be back, you know, Maintain, uh, maintenance calories for that my maintenance yeah for that right. 80 yeah you know i mean it'd be a bit a, a bit fewer right it would be a little bit yeah, less yeah yeah but if you go back to eating what you what you used to before and then it's possible that yeah. you can you can regain the weight right yeah for, for oh. me for me it will be i know what it is and it won't be the because the calorie the number between working out your calories at 84 kilos versus 80 kilos is i mean it's only a hundred or or so, right? Different, 150 maybe. But you but, know what? So this is something that probably, uh, you know, I, I want to talk about a little bit um, in a way that, because how do you also, the, the problem that I found with, with these food calculators, for example, is that they can be quite unreliable. Yeah. And even exercise apps. So quite, quite funny because I, I went for a run this morning and since this lockdown, Tim, I can't remember the last time I've been running so much. Sometimes I'm running. <laughs> yeah. Day, anyway. Right. So I've got, I've got two apps now that I've been using. And today I've got one app that I've just started to use this week. And 
it's I seem to be running a lot less distance, coming a lot less distance on this app. So I've been running for 46 minutes, mostly on a flats this morning. And listen, everybody know that knows me, I'm not a marathon runner, but you know, I, I can run, you know, I'm not, 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 you know, not terrific at it, but I've always done it. And one app in 46 minutes, it showed that I completed 5.5 kilometers, whereas the other app showed me 8.5. <laughs> so yeah, I, I don't want to believe the eight. I think well, about it. I think that's you know what I mean. Correct, right? it, it is, there is quite a bit of difference there, right? I mean, yeah. I understood if it was like a you know half a kilometer, you know, but three yards, kilometers out is ridiculous. It, yeah. it, it is a lot, right? So the same thing, Tim. We could argue that it can happen with foods. Yeah. Okay. So some some of the apps they they can they can be out. Um, so the Food and Drug Administration allows up to 20% error in the numbers on the nutrition labels. Okay. Does that make sense, right? So what, I'm, what I mean, Tim, and it can be other way, more or less. So for example, on a 250-calorie snack, you could be eating either 200 or 300. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, that's why when I, when I say to people, go on a calorie count and I'll, I'll, I'll point them to, to as an app, you know, which are they, they find convenient to use. I say, look, you know, try for the week, you know, and let's say you want to lose weight, let's say 2,500 calories, right? Try for a week, take your measurements again, take your weight. So not just your weight, but I think it's always good to get at least your waistline, maybe your hips if you're a woman, okay? So you got a couple of parameters, even a photograph would be even good. And mm-hmm. then every week you can assess that team, right? And then, okay, is it the same? Let's go down another 100 calories. Is it going up? Maybe I need to go down two or 300 calories, right? Exactly. So uh, uh, just to say that, uh, it's something that I say quite often to clients is that clients will be fretting over whether, you know, their calorie tracking app is correct or their activity app is correct. I said, actually, it doesn't matter because if you just have those two numbers and you don't and you and you keep them the same for a week and then you haven't achieved what you wanted to achieve then you just adjust accordingly right so yeah. you, know, you just adjust it's, it doesn't really matter if the number is right as long as you're yeah. tracking the same thing and you're being exactly. consistent in that way you know exactly and then i would also cycle in the exercise so if you're exercising then you might need to eat a little bit more if you if it's more of a sedentary so eat based on activity as well right mm. The other thing, Tim, is also, which is important to mention, is the thermal effect of food, yeah. also known as, as TEF, okay? So, and this is very important because um, 10 to 15% of the calories that we, that we consume each day, is, they actually get expanded in the, the digestion, digestion, right? Yeah. And actually, the, the biggest part of our metabolism is the body, uh, the basic metabolic, um, uh, basic metabolic rate, BMR. Yeah. So that is the rate of calories that we burn if we were laying in bed the whole day without calculating activity. Yeah, exactly. Okay. And this is why it's important to have more lean muscle, which we'll talk in a second. So the BMR, so basic metabolic rate, is between 60 to 75% of a total calorie expenditure for the day. And like the brain, the brain is, is, uses up a lot of calories, Tim. I think the brain, if I remember correctly, is something like 600 calories a day, right? So uh, when you see people, and, and I'm sure that you've seen these people uh, as well, I've, I've seen clients at the gym, Tim, where they're doing class after class, you know, exercising a high intensity, not, not just coming in and going through the motions, Tim. And they're doing like boot camps and the, and they're surviving on 800 calories a day. Yeah. Right. I mean, that, that, that is, I, I don't know how these people do it. And I said to them, look, you've just burned a thousand calories doing spin followed by boot camp, followed by kettlebells. Yeah. How can you, you know, survive? Expect to function. Yeah. And, how and can you function? You, that is when actually that the calories in calories out don't, don't really work all that much because, okay, yes, I'm not eating calories and I'm burning more, but the body's holding on to as much muscle fat, as, as much fat as possible. And it's really then regulating all the other hormones such as the uh, thyroid. And you can really, really slow down your basic metabolic rate in that way. But anyway, um, 
basically, the, the other thing with the basic metabolic rate is that the older we get, the, the more it slows down. So typically, after the age of 20, it's in, it tends to have a slow, you know, your basic metabolic rate slows down between 1% to 2% per decade. And the reason that is, is because as we age, normally we start to lose lean muscle tissue. But as you know very well, Tim, if you do exercise, especially resistance training, so we're doing whether it's bodyweight squats or weighted, you know, weighted squats and push-ups and rows and anything that is going to uh, give the muscle that, that stimulate to, to keep the muscle or even build the muscle, then I don't think that really that starts to decline uh, uh, until later that on kind of rate no yeah. you could even you could even improve it after it doesn't mean you can't improve your basal metabolic rate after 20 of course right you know what you can absolutely and like now i mean i'm 40 now and i don't think that i'm have to slow down that much after 20 you know i have to be more careful what i eat because of digestion things like that but otherwise and to be honest with you tim I, i've had uh, a guy in the gym uh he started off training with me uh at age 50 and he didn't really do resistance training before. And I got him benching and, you know, and rowing and all these exercises. He's getting a lot of muscle to him, right? Yeah. And that's because he never really trained weights before. And at yeah, age that... 50 to 52 in the last two years, he, he yeah. gained, you know, a, a huge amount of muscle. Yeah, it's and quite, a, a, that, that, new, that new, that gain of, that, exactly. that gain in weight for the first two years of training Absolutely. can be drastic, right? Yeah, yeah. it'd be and, nice uh, to go through that phase again. Well, you know, that's, that's the thing. Unfortunately for us, that we've been training all, all of these years, it's very, very difficult to gain new muscle. You can mm. maintain it, but it's very difficult, very, very difficult to, to gain some new. Whereas you can get a 70-year-old, 70-year-old untrained individual and get them doing some city squats, even like without weight, right? You get yeah. them to do some, some body rows, get them to do some shoulder presses. They, they can gain a little bit of muscle, mm. right, Tim? And, mm. and bone strength and uh, bone density, sorry, and all these things, right? So anyway, and that can then elevate the metabolism. And the other thing with that, team as well, one reason also why the metabolism starts to decline with age is that we also lose insulin sensitivity. So as we get, we get older, we don't tolerate huge amount of carbohydrates that well. The, the, okay. the metabolism becomes a little bit sluggish as well, right? And often we become less active. <laughs> you yeah. Know, there's, well, all these, there's all these things. Exactly. Exactly. So anyway, back to the thermal effect of food. So um, now talking per gram of the macronutrients. So one gram of fat yields nine calories. Okay. And the body typically burns up to 3% of those calories to digest it. Yeah. Right. Carbohydrates one gram equals nine kilocalories and the body burns five to 10% of those calories to metabolize it, to digest it. Protein, for one gram of protein, you have four calories. And Just go protein, back there, Dave, because you said um, you, 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 you went kilocalories and then to calories, just to confirm, so yeah, just to yeah. clear, you yeah, said yeah. it's nine calories for a gram of uh, fat, so it's four yeah. You said you gave us the kilocalories. Four cal it, it's four yes, calories. Thing, for, four calories yeah, for, exactly, yeah. but four calories for carbs. Yep. Yeah. And one gram of protein is four calories. Yeah. But so calories from protein and carbs are the same. But with protein, you spend 20 to 30 percent of, of those the calories. calories just digesting that protein. So yeah. protein has the highest thermal effect of food. That's why mm. protein, uh, apart from being uh, good in terms of satiety, makes you feel fuller, it slows down gastric emptying and all these things, same as fiber. It actually burns, you burn more calories to metabolize it. Yeah. Right? And uh, so that is, I think, very, very important for people to bear that in mind. So, you know, why higher protein diets tend to uh, always be associated with, with greater, um, with greater weight loss. The, so back to our earlier point as well. So not calories, however, are all equal. So for example, I've got an example here, a hundred calories of a donut is completely different from a hundred calories of apples. Yep. So you are much more likely to overeat the calories from the donut than, than you are the calories from, from the apple. Yeah. And, also, I think with this is also very, very important for people wanting to lose weight is be careful to overdo juices because 
if you be the Jews, and uh, Dr. Lasting talks about this, um, Dr. Lasting is the author of the, the book, Sugar, uh, Sugar, is it Sugar, the Bitter Truth? Anyway, I think it's called. Um, but anyway, is if you have fruits blended as juiced, you could easily drink four apples, you know, three oranges, strawberries, yes, whatever, right? Of course. If I give gave you four apples with you know whole apples, when you're eating a peel, you literally biting the whole apple, are you gonna be able to eat four apples? Not not really, right? It's gonna well, you're be not gonna want to. Really not... Yeah, exactly. So basically, um, if you eat too many processed foods, too many sweet foods, there's also the the hyperpalatability of food as well. It's a lot easier to overeat foods that are going to be hyperpalatable. We spoke about this when we're talking about the paleo diet as well, right? And uh, without going too much off topic, but I, I remember, uh, and the Rob Wolf made a good example on, on his book uh, about this um, this challenge. Are you familiar with the uh, with a TV show, Man versus Food? I remember it. Yeah, I mean, I've heard of it. I don't think I've ever seen it, but carry on. All right. Okay. This this one episode where he's in there, this guy called Adam uh, is in San Francisco and he, you know, he goes, he travels all uh, around across America and he, you know, he had all these crazy challenges where he's going to uh, eat huge burger, burgers, steaks, whatever, mm. no? pizzas, whatever. And this episode is going to eat a, literally it's called a kitchen sink. It's a kitchen sink full of ice cream. Right. Like the ice cream sundaes, like, you know, yeah. all, all sorts of things, caramels, you know, whatever. So it's huge, right? And he started digging into this ice cream. And at the beginning, you know, it's tasty, right? So, you know, I love ice cream. Ice cream. When I go to Italy, ice cream every day, but you know, not five kilos of it, right? So, and at the beginning, at the beginning right, all, all, all wise is sweet and tasty. But after you eat a kilo or two, then you have to become sick of it, right? Yeah, he's doing a challenge. He's on television. And he's winning money or whatever he's winning. Anyway, diabetes maybe. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> anyway. So what happens is he starts to sweat and he's reached what we call palate fatigue. So not only is full, he's sick of that food, mm. but he wants to complete the challenge. So you know what he does to him to complete the challenge? He orders fries. Oh, salt. So he's got salt, he's got yeah. crispiness, right? Oh my God. Because of the change of texture, yeah. he then gets back in the ice cream, a couple of fries, back in the ice cream, oh. and he, he's able to complete. And I know That's this great. from me as well. If I'm eating something, like let's say like some pork, or, and, and I, I start to reach the palate fatigue, and it's quite hard to, feed, to eat, and then I have a bit of avocado, a bit of cheese, then you get back on the pork. You can finish it. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Right? Okay, so uh, it, it's very, very important, you know, for guys to, to bear that in mind as well when, when they are eating. Uh, also, is, you know, to, to, to make sure they don't make the food too hyper palatable as well. Mm. Any palates will change after a while. You know, when you yeah. say to people, well, you get like a cut back on sugar, often, you know, the biggest problem is like with chocolate and sweets. I say, well, have you tried dark chocolate? Oh, yeah, but I don't like it. Well, because you're not used to it, Tim. But if you start off at 70%, then slowly you do like a 75 and you yeah. phase your way into it. Then like me now, 99%, I mean 90%, is yeah. and I'll have 90% you give me a 70% for me it's too sweet. I don't really like it. Yeah. I mean, I must say I've gone to sort of nicer chocolate. So we just say nicer, not, not necessarily dark, but 70, 75 better quality chocolates. And if you give me a, a dairy milk now, it's just, I don't find it, you know, I don't find it nice at all. Um, just on that note of yeah. giving people diets and, I know I always come back to habits and stuff, but I think it's important. So um, often, you know, when you, when, when you've, I mean, when I was working with you, Dave, and probably for a few years after the, the one of the things that became very popular was prepping for, uh, for the day and prepping for state stage to get on stage. You know, we, we know people back home that have all stepped on stage in trunks, but um, I think one of the things that makes their diet successful or can do is when they um, only allow themselves pretty unpalatable foods, you know, not unpalatable, but um, pretty boring foods for better, for a better word. I can't think of one is better. You know, if they say all I'm going to eat is rice, veg, 
chicken. Yeah, plain, 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 know, plain foods. You're not going to want more of it, right? So yeah. if you've got if you've got a fridge full of chicken and broccoli and rice, mm-hmm. and you know you've got to eat that three or four times a day, and you've got a steak and some potatoes in the evening, versus um, if you do the if it fits your macros diet, which is kind of you know similar but not the same, and you've got some sweets in there that fit your diet but they're palatable you're much more likely to go and raid the fridge and overeat calorie-wise in a day, right? So I think the boring, the boring approach to a strict regime for that can really, um, can really kind of lead to some people being successful in a diet, kind of successful. I put that in inverted commas because I personally don't think that's successful if you're bored. If you're not enjoying your diet, it's, yeah. it's, um, it's not a successful diet for me. But you carry on, mate. No, no, I agree with you. I mean, it depends on your goal, right? But I think that my, my, the thing is with me, I always like to have a a good balance. And whilst I like to eat healthily, I enjoy good foods, I I don't, you know, I don't want to obsess about it. And this is one thing I teach with my clients. I don't want them to be obsessed about exercise or diet or anything else. But let's say that 80% of the time you should be eating healthily. Also for health, it's not only about body composition. So Mm. you want to be, you know, you want to be eating a healthy diet because you want to minimize the risk of disease later on in life. Okay. Yeah, of course. Uh, yeah, yeah, we want to, you know, yeah. Uh, to, to your point, yeah, you know, you got to be organized. For, guys, if you want to lose weight, you got to be organized. You got to be preparing your food in advance if you're busy. Like when, when I'm back at work, I, I prepare my food the night before. So, like Monday morning, when I'm in at six o'clock, the Sunday, I boil my eggs, I make sure I've got my sardines, I'll, I'll bake some sweet potatoes. I'll, I'll take some leftover veggies and that is my lunch. I'll normally have on a lunch on a Monday, sweet potatoes, sardines, a couple of broccoli or sauerkraut, something like that. Yeah. Right. And I'm full after that too. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, and of course I'm, 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 I'm covering my macronutrients. I've got protein from, from the fish. I've got omega threes from the fish. I've got carbohydrates uh, from, uh, from the sweet potatoes. I've got some vitamins and fiber from the vegetables and I, I feel good with that. And you enjoy that food. And I enjoy it because you know, I'm used to eating it, Tim. I'm used yeah. to eating it. If you're used to eating, uh, you know, uh, whatever it might be, uh, sausage rolls or, you know, whatever people eat, like, like, you know, like <laughs> crisps and chocolate. And I see colleagues at work, they have, a, they have a sandwich, crisps and chocolate. You know, of course, you're going to be craving for those foods. And the same yeah. thing for snacks, Tim. If you're used to... Every afternoon at three o'clock, you have a, a chocolate bar, you have an ice cream, you have a biscuit. What's going to happen at three o'clock every day, your brain, your gut is going to say, hey, where's my biscuits? Yeah. But if you slowly remove that and it's difficult, it's difficult for people to do. But trust me, if you do it for one, two or three weeks, you'll change your pattern and you won't be craving for that food anymore. Right. I, think, I, I mean, this might be something that it might, this might kind of come down to the type of clients we train and the, um, and our approaches, but I, 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 I tell people to ask themselves how much they want that food, how much they value that food. You know, if they pick up a, a hobnob and just shove it in their mouth because out of habit yeah. and they don't, and they don't enjoy it and they don't get anything, they don't nurse, it's not giving them anything. It's not giving them you know, like if you sit down with a coffee and a biscuit in the morning, one biscuit, let's say it's 100 calories, you know, yeah. that can easily fit into your diet. And if it's a if it's a if it's a thing for you that you enjoy and it's a, um, you know, it's soulful for you, it's it means something to you, then fair enough. You keep that in there because it helps you, whatever. Yeah. It helps you in some way. But if it is just shoving something in for the sake of it, yeah. you, you've totally, like we've talked about, you forget that you've eaten it. You've not even noted that you've eaten it. You've just shoved it in your mouth for no Absolutely. reason. You know. But the, the other thing with that team is this, again. Look, if you're talking about general population, reasonably healthy, you need to lose a little bit of weight, then that 80% of the time eat well, eat healthily, mm. 20% give a bit of leeway, to you know, to eat a chocolate bar, ice cream, glass of wine, whatever it might yeah. be, right? The problem is, Tim, is that I've seen people with severe health conditions where they're literally on the last legs uh, at the same, to the gym by the doctor say, look, if you don't lose a bit of weight, we'll have to chop off your legs because your diabetes is getting so bad. Now, unfortunately, Tim, that 
you know, he, he can't be 80 20. He can't have his, he he can't have his home now, whether he wants it or not. At the most, do you understand? You don't have the leeway. And then, yeah, exactly. more, when you get closer to, to, to your, you know, to a healthy body weight, healthy hmm. whatever it might be, sugar levels, anything, cholesterol levels, depending on, you know, whatever the goal might be for that individual, then, okay, you can say, well, you know, I can still uh, do well with my diet and everything else, but on a Saturday, I go out and I don't really count my calories. I don't really watch what I eat. Mm. Right? Yeah. It's got to yeah, be sustainable, you, yeah? Yeah. We, we, I don't think we've ever actually said that you um, you work at a gym that's attached to a medical facility, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, we, so we're, we're likely to come across different clients. Yeah, lot, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you know. know. Absolutely. I've, I've worked with all sorts, really. But anyway, um, just, I think just a few final points on what we've been uh, covering today. So... Um, so like we said at the beginning, so diet such as the, the, the low carb diet, the, the, you know, the killing to lose weight, uh, just by, uh, cutting back on calories. Uh, so you're cutting back on carbohydrates without really counting calories. We said that this is not always the case because ultimately mm. uh, you can definitely, uh, overeat, um, other macronutrients, especially like fat protein is a bit difficult because protein, um, you tend to, have you ever heard of the, um, term rabbit starvation, rapid starvation, you know, rabbit as in the animal rabbit. Oh, rapid, rabbit. Uh, yeah. rabbit. Okay. Yeah. Protein in excess amount, protein is toxic and rabbit starvation is, is a term from the past where, you know, hunter gatherers, for example, knew that by, from instinct that eating just too much meat by itself is, it becomes toxic. I can kill you. In mm. other words, right? So the body has a set system that when you had enough protein, that's it. You, you, you normally know not to overeat it. Okay. But in terms of low carbohydrates diets, we can definitely overdo the fats. Like we said the other week, you can definitely do the oils, the peanut butters, the mm. almonds, whatever it might be. Especially like, let's say. Almonds. Are you saying that the body doesn't have the same system for fats no, it that it does for yeah, protein? It okay. right? So like we said on the, on the keto show, uh, keto episode, like fats is unlimited storage, yeah. right? So you could, uh, even going back to the hyperpalatability, you can do almonds, sultan, put chocolate covering. Now you can eat, you know, bag after bag after bag, right? So yeah. you can definitely overdo the calories. So yes, it is important ultimately, not regardless of the diet that we do, to, 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 to be without, without limit of calories. People, however, team, are very bad at estimating calories. So we said, when we, when we track calories, we have to bear in mind that it can be 20, 30% discrepancy. So on the label, that's why it's very, very important to, you know, to check for a week and, and, and then you can review it. And studies show that uh, basically that uh, when people are writing down the, the calories, they can really, really overestimate, uh, sorry, or under, and underestimate how many calories they are consuming. So yeah. they might be consuming 3,000, and by the time you're only consuming 2,000. Yeah, exactly. So, I've, um, I've, know, I've looked at some studies in this, into this myself as well, and in fact, uh, I think there's a few stats like... Uh, well, I in fact, I've got one here, Tim. I've, I've, been, I've been generous, actually. I've, I've found a study that reported that participants underestimate by 45%. Yeah, Which means that could be on average two thousand calories. Yeah, and and I know this because I've been then talking to people and they say, "Well, well you're not losing weight, but I'm not." And I say, "Okay, let's just sit down for a second. So, what did you have for breakfast? What did you have? Oh, yeah, but then I had a snack. I, you know, I forgot about that. Then I had a Coca-Cola. Oh, yeah, I didn't really count that. And then I had, yeah, you know, I I had one guy, Tim. Without we're not naming names, of course, but. Uh, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm doing well with the weight. I've, I've got muscle, but I can't lose this body fat. So we sit down. So yeah, you know, it's a chocolate. My, my thing is chocolate. Okay. So it's being honest, right? Okay. How much chocolate do you have? Oh no, but not much. Just a bar a day. And then we start to look at that, at that, uh, thing and that bar day of chocolate. Then later on, he has a Kit Kat. Then later on, he has a hot chocolate. Then, you know, for one thing, there was at least five that, that, that we found out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, um, if, if each if each of those are coming in at what two hundred to three hundred calories each, you've you've done a thousand 
make more than a thousand calories worth of, uh, yeah. of chocolate of, of shit nutrient non-existent like there's no you know it, it, what is that going in for it's going in for no reason at all if you can just put one take, go, drop yourself down to one chocolate bar a day that you enjoy that you you know see as your Absolutely. treat then you know yeah, and, and going back to your previous point if that chocolate tends to be more like a dark chocolate like a 90 percent once you had a couple of squares, you're not really going to be... He's not going to overeat it. A little ease, going back yeah, to the hyperpalatability. Exactly. However, Tim, if we, if we are able to track the, the macronutrients, the calories, everything properly, then we can have good results, okay? So a review showed that weight loss programs that incorporate calorie counting accurately led to 3.3 kilograms or 7 pounds more weight loss compared to other diets that didn't record the calories. Mm. So as I know with myself, the times that I've been calorie counting, whether it was because I was doing ketogenic or other things, I was able to lose weight because I was staying within my 2,500 calories. So mm. if I'm burning 3,000, 2,500 worked well for me. Yeah. It was sustainable. I wasn't hungry. I wasn't starving. Exactly. I was still able to exercise. Okay. And uh, what else I want to say here? Um, so also when participants tracked calories for 12 weeks properly, they were able to lose more weight than, than people who didn't track properly. So what I mean, if you track for 12 weeks and you're tracking your lunch, your snack, your fluids, that is going to give you a lot more accuracy than just because, because people sometimes, like we said earlier, they don't, they might not track everything. They might track lunch and dinner and they forget to track mm -hmm. a snack or fluids. Often snack, people don't count snacks and people don't count fluids. And one of the easiest really ways to overdo the calories is to overdrink, uh, you know, fizzy drinks, yeah. Food, even cordial, drinks. you know, yeah. And we've all seen these people at the gym, they come into the gym because they want to lose weight. They'll do a spin class, which they might burn 300 calories. And then they, they, they drink one, uh, quote unquote, like a, a healthy water, because uh, it contains vitamins or something else. Yeah. And that is, you know, 500 calories. So yeah. you actually gain 150 calories. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. However, tracking calories can help you identify healthy eating patterns. I think everybody should do it for at least one week because it makes you realize how many calories you are, are in stuff. Yeah. eating. Okay. I know it, yeah. it can be a pain to do it every day, but a yeah. lot of yeah. times, once you do it for a week, then you tend to know. And a lot of these new apps, Tim, to be honest with you, they've got a memory anyway. So if you tend to eat similar it's just food, there. it's just there, right? Yeah. So it gives you a pro an approximate baseline to work from to know what, what you need to be eating to lose, et cetera, or, or to gain. And it can help you monitor your food behavior. Like we said before, why are you eating a biscuit? Is it just because you need it or you just is it just a craving? Okay. So it can help you monitor your frequency. And then... Um, I think uh, j just maybe just to conclude also like with exercise, I think that um, if what you find is that if you are uh, feeling hungry, if you do some exercise, you tend to be less likely to overeat. And this is especially true for high intensity exercise. If you do like a sprint of 30, 30 seconds, then you rest a minute, you repeat a sprint, even like you know a few times, 10, 15 minutes, that can actually help you to minimize reduce appetite because it suppresses leptin and increases peptide yy hormone and that is the reason why yeah okay um i i would say that generally speaking tim the way that i learned this um because whilst you want to promote a calorie deficit you don't want to be starving yourself too much no. and I, I found that typically if you once you calculate your calorie requirements, you add the exercise that you do for the day, etc. From that figure, you start off by re reducing 15%. What would you say? Just repeat that again, sorry, mate. So, so once, you achieve, once you calculate your calories for the day, yeah. in order to lose weight, I would start with a 15% deficit. Yeah, I always go to, I always go to you know, 10 to 20%. 20% will be a difficult amount to, to, to reduce by. 10% yeah. might be, it's too marginal, like it's too close. 
So uh, 20% once I've worked out somebody's TDEE, which is, um, I don't know if Dave uses the same acronym there, but someone's total daily energy expenditure, um, then drop that by about, yeah, 15 to 20. I might push to 20. And I've said this before on the podcast with another guest the other day is that um, coaches will often push the deficit as high as they, well, as high as they can, but only initially because it gives the client confidence in the coach. So I've given you a little bit of a trick there that that nutritionists do is they, or, you know, the way that I would work is that I would push for a a big deficit to start with because the client can um, miss track, like track quite badly to start with as well, which is something we've touched on. But also is if that client loses 500 grams in the first week, they've, bought into your method they believe in you they trust you and you've got some confidence from your client you know yeah absolutely yeah the, the reason why i would start with that 15 15 percent uh because it's it's a good way to get yourself in a calorie deficit but without signaling that is too much of a deficit in order to slow down mm. uh hormones right because you want to keep mm. your base metabolic rate elevated like we said earlier if you dramatically reduce the calories what can happen as a result that your body actually starts to slow down so you burn fewer calories yeah and then after the week and you keep tracking and see how you go oh, you're losing weight good we keep like that you're not losing let's let's reduce another 100 or 200 calories a day and until you find that optimal range yeah sure cool so there you're three there you're sort of tips for yeah. for cat for calorie tracking right i think yeah. that i think that's a great episode and i think people will yeah. uh have some practical things to take away from that guy. So if you've got any questions, get in touch with us, especially about any of these episodes, but yeah. things that, um, I think like today has been a lot of pra- practical advice, I think. So yeah. that'd be really cool. I um, think, yeah. Well, one more thing, just keep hydrated for people, you know, yeah. Keep hydrated, drink lots of water and, yeah. uh, you know, herbal teas, things like that. Uh, Cause they, they tend to starve off appetites. You could, you could, uh, uh, you could go to, um, I mean, this wouldn't necessarily be calorie counting, but um, if I put somebody who's currently drinking a milky coffee and a and a and and you know and and sweet drinks and stuff like we mentioned, if I say right, you're just gonna we're not gonna change your food at all. We're just gonna put you on a any. I want you to never drink any calories from your drink. So if we turn Coke into Coke Zero, if we yeah. turn coffee to black coffee, if we turn you know all of these things, and you might lose 300, 400 calories out of somebody's diet straight away. Yeah. I think we need to, uh, we'll, we'll have to talk about sweeteners and things like that in another episode. Another episode. Another yeah. Episode. Maybe, maybe we wrap that in with a, yep. um, a supplement, supplement episode or something like that. That'd, we'll be, that'd, be, that'd be pretty cool. Okay. Right. Yeah. Guys, um, this has been myself, Tim college and Dave. See you later, mate. Thank you. Cheers guys. Coffee with coaches and we will speak to you again next week, guys. Thank you very much.